0: It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the Eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host... Scott Nason
1: Greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on News Talk 1400. You can also hear our show online at newstalk 1400net and podcasts available at the As the man said, my name is Scott Nason broadcasting from our News Talk 1400 studios just outside the city limits of Sault St Marie, Michigan. On this Monday, March seventh, twenty twenty two. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show will be up be with you rather up until eight o'clock tonight as the sun is out. It's bright in the studios, as spring is well. Almost here. Not quite. We still have a ways to go, but hey, the days are getting longer and certainly we have a lot to talk about as always tonight on the game. Coming up on the game, the longtime voice and the voice of Laker hockey, Bill Crawford, will join us in studio to talk about the Lakers quarterfinal matchup against Northern Michigan from this past weekend. We will also be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports will join us to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports region Around the area, along with sitting down with Butch for our sports roundtable. But as always, we start with local sports, and we have a ton to get to. We'll get to some here before we interview Bill Crawford, and then get to the rest of it after that interview. Let's start with girls basketball from last week. As the district started on Monday night, in Division Four, Mackinac City knocked off Cedarville Detour in their district semifinal by the score of 66 to 40. Also in Division Four, Engadine they advanced past Ojibwe Charter by the score of 67 to 18. Tessa Paquin with 23 points to lead Engadine. District final on Wednesday night, the Pickford Panthers, who received a bye into the district final, they scored the last 14 points in the game to defeat Mackinac City in Division 4 District 102 Girls Basketball District Final by the score of 59-45. to This is the first district for the Lady Panthers since 2017. Lizzie Storey led the Panthers with 22 points in the victory. Another district semifinal in Division Four on Wednesday. It was Ingadine knocking out Brimley by the score of fifty-two to forty-two. Tessa Paquin, she had seventeen points and twenty-one rebounds as she shatters Inguidine's single-season school record of 319 rebounds set by Aubrey Simmons in 2017. Rudyard, they also advance in their Division 4 district semifinal on Wednesday as they knocked out Newberry by the score of 67-30. to Brooklyn Besteman had 13 points, while Tristan Smith led the way for Rudyard. She scored 22. Another district semifinal, this one in Division Three on Wednesday, as St. Ignace knocks off Johannesburg Lewiston in the Iggy zone by the score of 61 to 34. Allie Schultz with 21 points to lead the Saints. And the Suhai Blue Devil girls basketball team on Wednesday advances in their district semifinal in Division 2. All over Kalkaska by the score of 60 to 24. Mackenzie Bell scoring 24 points to lead the Blue Devils. Sue High would take on Boyne City at Boyne City on Friday in their Division II district final. And they knocked out the Ramblers by the score of 47 to 36. Mackenzie Bell, another good game, 17 points on the night. So the Suhai Blue Devil girls basketball team, 18 and 4 on the season. They will travel to Manistique tomorrow to take on Nagani, who is 17 and 5 in a Division II regional semifinal. Tip-off is scheduled for 7 p.m. You can hear that game over on 12:30 WSO with Dave Watson and Ray Bell starting with the tip-off show around 6:45. The winner of that game will advance to the regional final on Thursday. Taking on either Luddington or Standish Sterling. Both those teams are 17 and 5. That game would be slated for Gaylord on Thursday at 7. And if the Blue Devils win tomorrow night, Dave Watson and Ray Bell will be there for the call of that game as well. Ingadine rallies to upset Rudyard on Friday night in Rudyard and their division four district final by the score of 54 to 53. So Enngenine advances to take on Pickford tomorrow night in Roger City in a division four regional semifinal. That one will tip off at 5:30, the winner of that game. Advances to take on either Posen, who's 20 and one, or Harbor Light Christian, 13 and seven, on Thursday in a regional final at Roger City. Saint Ignace—they win another district title in Division Three, improving to 20 and two on the season—as they won their game over Charlevoix by the score of 50 to 42, and Saint Ignace, unbelievably will be at home for the regionals as well. I don't know if I've ever seen a basketball team have district games and regional games in their own gym, but St. Ignis found a way to do it, and they got a tough game tomorrow night as they will take on Maple City-Glen Lake, who is 20 and 20-2 on the season, that game at 7 o'clock in the Iggy Zone. The winner of that game will take on either Calumet or Bark River-Harris, who play their semifinal in Marquette tomorrow night. And that game would be Thursday night in, you guessed it, Saint Ignace. I don't know if they have the quarterfinal. I'll have to check that one as well. Boys basketball districts will begin this week. Looking at the results from last week on Tuesday, Rudyard they knock off Ingadine, eighty-three to twenty-five. Rudyard senior senior Tate Besteman reaching the one thousand point career scoring milestone for the Bulldogs. Brimley, they celebrate senior night with a 70-56 to win over Newberry on Tuesday night in their regular season home finale. St. Ignace, they see their nine-game winning streak end at home on Tuesday as they fell to Escanaba, 74-62. And Pickford, they lose at home on Tuesday to Manistique, 50-36. Sioux High Blue Devil boys end their regular season at home on Thursday falling to Marquette. 45 to 32. Rudyard, they end their regular season at 19 and 1, winning the Straits Area Conference and the EUP Conference titles as they win on Thursday 74 to 34. St. Ignace, they end their regular season at 15 and 5 as they knock off Pickford on the road Thursday, 70 to 59. Ingadine, they fall to Newberry in boys basketball on thursday, sixty nine to twenty nine. and finally Cedarville Detour. They finish their regular season on a winning note as they knock off Indian River Inland lakes on thursday sixty four to forty eight. So the boys high school districts are set, which will begin tonight. In many locations, no area teams playing tonight. The Sioux High Blue Devils will be in Division Two District 34, hosted by Kalkaska, and they will play the district semifinal this Wednesday at 5.30 against the winner of the first-round game tonight between Kingsley and Sheboygan. And the winner of that game will take on the winner of the other district semifinal, which will be on Wednesday between Boyne City and Kalkaska. And you can hear that Wednesday night game over on 1230 WSO with Dave Watson and Ray Bell, starting with the tip-off show at 515. St. Ignace will be in Division Three District 67, hosted by Harbor Springs. The Saints will play Harbor Springs on a Wednesday at 6 p.m., the other side of the bracket sees the first round game tonight between 12 and 6 Johannesburg Lewiston and 9-9 Charlevoix, with the winner taking on East Jordan in the other district semifinal on Wednesday. And the district final is slated for Friday at 6 PM. Rudyard, they will start their quest to return to the state semifinals and beyond in Division 4. They'll be in District 101 hosted by Ingadine. The Bulldogs will face Ojibwe Charter on a Wednesday in Rudyard at 6 p.m. The first round game tonight, there actually is one game tonight, sees 1 17 Ingenine host 8 9 Brimley, with the winner to face Newberry in the district semifinal on Wednesday at 6 p.m., with the district final being Friday at 6. Pickford Detour, or rather Pickford, will take on a Cedarville Detour in Division 4, District 102, potentially, hosted by Mackinac City. Pickford will be at Mackinac City in their district semifinal tonight at 6 p.m., the other district semifinal will see Mackinac Island take on at nine and eight Cedarville Detour, with the district final slated for Wednesday. High school hockey: the state semifinals are set for this weekend. Calumet and Division three, they knock off Alpena five to one to advance to a Division three semifinal in Plymouth, where they will take on Midland Dow on Friday at one thirty. The other semifinal in Division Three sees Warren De La Salle face Orchard Lake-St. Mary's. In Division II, Marquette, they top Traverse City Central 7-1 in their quarterfinal over the weekend. And they advance to the state semifinals on Thursday, where they will take on Heartland at 5 p.m. The other semifinal in Division II sees Bloomfield Hills Brother Rice take on Trenton. Division I semifinals, Midland, will face Detroit Catholic Central, and Granville will take on Brighton. Ontario Hockey League from this past weekend, the Sioux Greyhounds struggled a bit. Down south, It would fall to Sarnia in overtime at 6-5, and the Hounds were shot down by the Windsor Spitfires on Saturday 7-3 as they end their two-game road trip with just one point. The Hounds now third place in the West Division with a record of 28-17, 6-1. The Hounds have 63 points, now seven points behind first place Flint, and one point, <clears throat> excuse me, behind Windsor. The Hounds will be at home on Wednesday night to take on Sudbury, and then host Kitchener for a pair of games this Friday and Saturday. All games at the GFO Memorial Gardens, starting at 7:07. You can hear them all over on Rock 101. The Sioux Eagles were scheduled to play Greater Sudbury Tuesday. And for the second time this season, there were COVID protocol issues with the Cubs. That game will be rescheduled rather later on. Sioux Thunderbirds knocked off Blind River on a Wednesday at the John Rhodes Community Center 6-2. Eagles were supposed to play Hurst on Friday night. Hurst had COVID issues of their own, so that sent Cochran to the Sioux Thunderbirds on Friday. And the Thunderbirds knock off the Cochran Crunch 6-1. The Eagles finally played a game on Saturday and would win over Cochran 4-1. to one. Chase Tolera with a pair of third-period goals to lift the Eagles to the home victory. Sue Thunderbirds continue to lead the West Division with 65 points. Eagles are in second in the West with 41 51 rather they hold five games in hand on the Thunderbirds blind river in third place in the west with 46 points while greater Sudbury is in fourth with 45 the eagles and Thunderbirds will face each other tomorrow at polar stadium. face-off. We'll have the pregame show right here on News Talk 1400 with yours truly and Rob Horn. Starting the pregame show on Tuesday at 7.15. We are going to take a break here on the game. We come back. We will be scheduled with the voice of Laker Hockey Bill Crawford. All coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show. The game, News Talk 1400.
2: Mark Patrick Seminars is coming to Sault Ste. Marie Saturday, March 12th for one day only. Here Mark talks about how hypnosis works to help people lose weight or stop smoking. We
3: all have an image of ourselves, And that image, if we have an image of a non-smoker, we attract non-smoker behaviors and beliefs. So we have an image of a smoker, we attract the habits of a smoker. If we have the image of a person who is overweight, we live up to those expectations. So one of the things we focus on with our programs is this, is we work on, at the subconscious level, the image or snapshot of yourself. If you have a healthy image, you attract healthy habits. We work on, under hypnosis, taking the pleasure association out for smokers that they have toward smoking, putting back in what they already know consciously, that it's a filthy, disgusting habit that they never wish they'd start in the first place that's killing them dead. And we get them out of these sessions feeling good about themselves, and guess what? They want to do these things instead of feel like they have to do them.
2: Don't miss Mark Patrick Seminars, Saturday, March 12th at the Best Western Hotel. For more information, go to markpatrickseminars.com.
5: a message from the Ad
6: Council. Hi, I'm Lindsay Sterling, and I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. If you have a friend that's going through a tough time, now's the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org.
4: Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation.
0: Let's get back to the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400.
1: 6.15 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us in studio, the longtime voice and the voice of Laker hockey, Bill Crawford, joining us once again on the game. Bill, always a pleasure to have you on our show and welcome back to the game. Thanks, Scott. Good to be here. Good to have you here, Bill. And uh, let's get right to this past weekend in the CCHA quarterfinal series being played at the Taffy Abel Arena. As the Lake Superior State Lakers, the four seed, took on fifth seeded Northern Michigan in a best of three series. Lakers lose Friday night 5-1, to one, bounce back to win Saturday 3-2 to two to force a third and deciding game. The Lakers jumped out last night to a 3-1 lead midway through the second period before giving up four straight goals in that period and fall 5-4 as their season ends Sunday night. Bill, you were there on the call. Tell us what you saw over the weekend.
7: Well, uh, I think what happened is Northern Michigan came in here with a good game plan, and they really surprised us on Friday night. We had beaten them three out of four times. The only time they beat us was the last time we played them in Marquette, and that was a three-two game in overtime and we were missing Louis Badone and Dustin Manns and Artie Borshioff and several other players who were either hurt or Langenegger was out that weekend. He had tested positive. So, you know, we we, we just kind of thought I think. I mean, I don't know what our players are thinking, but look to me like we thought Hey, this is a team we've beaten all year. Let's beat them again. Well, they came home, played hard. They wanted to win. And uh, we didn't compete at times Friday night. And the same thing happened in the second half of the second period Sunday night. We just couldn't get the puck out of our own zone. We couldn't win a draw. We were missing Manns again who got hurt Saturday. But we had chances. I mean, we had a five-minute power play to start the third period. We had another power play in the third period. Percelli had a penalty shot in the third period, and we lost by a goal. Now, we should have scored a goal on that five-minute power play. We probably should have scored in the other power play. We were 2-for-2 on the power play Saturday night in the 3-2 win. But we were 0-for-2 last night. Northern went 1-for-1. There's a difference right there. They, They wanted to win. I'll give them full marks. They played really hard. And like uh, I had one fan tell me after the game, hey, I watched all weekend and the green team outworked the white team. And that was pretty much how it went in the end. They didn't outwork us all the time, but they outworked us when it counted. Bill, you stress on your broadcast a lot
1: about puck management, and that I think really cost Lake State last night, not having Dustin Manns in the lineup, one of their best faceoff men. Uh, You know, winning faceoffs and puck management, to me, that's a key to any team success and certainly cost the Lakers last night.
7: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Our puck management in the second half of that second period last night was horrible. We couldn't get it out of our own zone. All our D men had some difficulty, a couple of them in particular. They tried to use the boards. They tried to go up the middle. They 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 tried to ice it, and they, they couldn't get it out of the zone sometimes, and that's because the Cats were all over the place. They're very quick. They're a good, quick team with good stick skills, and they managed the puck, and we didn't. And uh, they scored one bad goal. I think you might fault Langenegger on the goal by Mac Byers. Other than that, all those goals he had no chance on. They were shooting through traffic all around the net. They scored on a power play and uh, they won the hockey game five to four. But like I said, we had chances to score goals that we just didn't cash in on. And You know, they played harder and they won the game.
1: And Bill, I think this weekend kind of uh, captured how the whole regular season went for the Lakers, uh, ups and downs, you know, winning streaks, losing streaks, players out of the lineup. Uh, Coach Damon Witten would would, uh, define uh, many players out of the lineups as disruptions. You know, looking at the season as a whole, they finish 500, they get home ice advantage for the playoffs. How would you rate this season with you know all the ups and downs? I think to me, from the outside looking in, consistency seemed to be the biggest thing lacking this season.
7: Yeah, and, that, and there's a lot of reasons why it was inconsistent, but it was. It was up and down. We lost four straight games there in the second half. We got shut out twice by Tech on our own ice. And then we bounced back and we beat Northern again and we beat them 6-1 at their place. And then we win that big series from Bowling Green to get home ice. Very inconsistent and yet... There were some really good performances. We had some we had some guys who played really, really well for us. I think both our goaltenders were really good all season. I think Louis Bonone was tremendous all season. Jakob Bankson, Jacob Nordquist, a lot of guys. I, I think Percelli was our best player on the ice last night. Matt didn't give him a star in a game, and that's Matt's call. He thought Bedon played better and had two assists. And Louis did play well, but Percelli was pretty darn good last night. And he's a good hockey player, but We're just, uh, we need to find more consistency. I think a lot of it is the issues with illness throughout the season, the injuries that we had at key times, coupled with the youth. We got a lot. You look at that Northern team last night. They had seven transfer students, five fifth-year seniors. One guy's actually in his sixth year, Ben Newhouse. And they have Hampus Erickson, ex-Laker. We can't keep graduate students. We have to let Kybel, Rydell go, Mittens, uh, all these kids who, Violette, these guys could have helped us, but we don't have the programs here academically to keep them around. So, you know, I think we're, our inconsistency is the problem, and we are youthful. We have five, six freshmen in every game. Northern had two last night, and only one of them really played much. And usually they only have one freshman in their lineup. That's their goalie, Charlie Glockner, who's a really good goaltender that for a freshman. Well. So, you know, there's, you can make excuses, et cetera, but the fact is we got outplayed, and there are reasons for that. But when we needed to get a goal last night, and we sure had the chances, we couldn't get it. So,
1: Bill Crawford joining us on the game, the voice of Laker Hockey. And Bill, last week we had CCHA Commissioner Don Lucia on the show talking about the season as a whole for the league. I wanted your thoughts as far as the rebranded CCHA after one season. What were some of the things that you liked, uh, some of the things that you might want to see improved on? And certainly the league was competitive and very unpredictable this season.
7: Yeah, it was a good league, and I don't have any problems, CCHA. I didn't have a real big problem with the WCHA, but I think you know we're going to forge ahead here. I like the flow TV coverage. I think that's a big improvement. I think, although that also hurts attendance in a place like Lake Superior State, a small school that needs to get people out and needs to have a gate every night to make uh, money a lot of people stay at home now watching on television because it's improved they have improved it very much I think one of the things they really need to work on in the offseason they've got to improve their officiating they got to be more consistent Uh, I don't like the knock officials because they're good guys I know a lot of them and they're good people but man they let a lot of stuff go in these playoffs I watch other games too the game on friday night bowling green beat bemidji they were you could have ax murdered somebody in that game (laughs) and you were gonna it wasn't gonna be a call and and in our series it was kind of similar there were a lot of things let go and then you wind up with serious stuff going on because kids start running at each other they think hey they're not gonna call anything let's let's do whatever we want you know and And uh, we saw a lot of that stuff going on this weekend, and I saw it in other series, too. Minnesota State, Mankato, I think everybody's seen that non-call late in the game where Lucas Sauter scored the game-winning goal to beat uh, St. Thomas. They have to call that penalty. I mean, I've shown it to so many people who are hockey people, I mean pro people, who say that's got to be called. but. You know, they didn't. So they need to they need to improve the officiating. I think they're doing a good job with the TV stuff. I think Dom Hennig's trying hard to do a really good job with communications, et cetera. And and they'll improve on all these things. I think another thing we need to do is we need more than eight teams. I think, you know, if we can find a couple more teams, make it a ten team league and but it's competitive the way it is now. I mean, Minnesota state's really good and they just seem to reload every year. We'll see what they do next year. Cause they've got like seven seniors in that lineup. So we'll see if they bounce back as good as they are. Michigan tech's been good all year. Joey's done a great job over there. They struggle to score, which will cost them in the long run, but you know, it's, it's a good solid league. Northern doing the same thing they do every year. they fool around all year and lose a lot of games and win a lot of games. And then talk about inconsistent. Yeah. And then they come on strong right when it counts, just like they did last year. And I wouldn't be surprised if they don't give uh, Minnesota State a run next Saturday night because – they're pretty confident right now, but I don't think they're good enough defensively to beat Minnesota State.
1: Yeah, looking at the matchups next weekend, Minnesota State will host Northern Michigan, and Michigan Tech will host Bemidji. Bemidji gets by Bowling Green in three games, and it looks like, Bill, that the CCHA will at least get two teams in, Minnesota State's in. Michigan Tech should be in, but if Northern or Bemidji gets in, then possibly three teams in. How do you size up You know those matchups? Obviously, you would think Tech and Minnesota State can be the favorites, or should be the favorites but the way this season has gone who
7: knows well it's a one game thing it's next saturday night at six o'clock in both places that'd be seven our time coming from out in minnesota state but uh hey northern michigan if they can figure out a way to play like they did against us and play the whole game that could be an interesting game and and the other one could be interesting too bemidji bemidji's horrible at home but they're pretty good on the road. Well, guess what? They're on the road. They're at Tech. And Tech struggles sometimes to score, although I think Michigan Tech's going to win. I think Minnesota State's going to win. And then it's going to be those two. And Minnesota State's probably going to prevail in the long run, too. And then it'll be does Tech get into the NCAA tournament? You know, in the pair-wise right now, they're, on the cusp, yep. but there are going to be four or five NCHC teams in that national tournament what at a the conference. end. Yeah, that's, that's a tough, tough conference, and they just beat each other over the head every week.
1: Bill Crawford joining us on the game, the voice of Laker Hockey. Bill, you mentioned the crowds earlier when we were talking, and I looked this up. The Lakers averaged just over 1,000 fans per game, which was 45th in college hockey. And actually, the only team in the CCHA that had a lower attendance figure was St. Thomas. Of course, they have a much smaller building. You mentioned, you know, obviously more coverage with on uh, flow hockey and, and, and other such uh, media outlets. Uh, Why do you think that fans haven't come back in bigger numbers? I'm, I'm trying to figure this one out, obviously last year with COVID, but you know, this is a a pretty good team out there. They finished fourth place and a thousand fans. That's not good.
7: No, it's not good. And if we were in eighth place, there'd be like 400 people in the building because they don't care. And, you know, I think a lot of the old guard hockey people, the real hockey fans in Sault Ste. Marie are either passed away or they're in Florida or, and they watch on TV Right, and a lot of people last year got used to watching flow flows cheap, 30 bucks for the, for a month. And you can watch every game and it's not just Laker games. You can watch every CCHA game. You can watch a bunch of East coast hockey league games and Lakers have a lot of former players there. You stay at home and sit on your couch and watch the Lakers play. Otherwise, you got to pay sixteen bucks or buy a season ticket yeah. and go up there and go to the game. Well, this past weekend, the weather's horrible. I mean, it was pouring rain on Saturday. It was icy last night. A lot was there. a mess. And a, and a lot of people got used to not going to Laker hockey because of the COVID thing last year. Of course, they didn't go to any games anywhere. Right. But boy, Michigan Tech—they fill their building up. Northern draws way better than we do. I think it's kind of embarrassing for Hockey Town USA, as it self-proclaims, to not have people at Laker games. A thousand people a game? Yeah. That's, that's almost embarrassing. And what are you going to do? I guess people in Sault Ste. Marie don't want to pay 16 bucks to go watch the team play, or 50 or 60 if you bring your family. And the Lakers have tried to get more people in. They've had special ticket deals for kids and for hockey players in town and for you know younger people and students. But uh, it still hasn't brought everybody back. We've had really good student support, but they get in free as part of their package right. for paying tuition to go to the school. So, you know, you got 400 students a game. We didn't have any of them this past weekend because it's spring break. Yep. But uh, I don't know what the reason for all that is. I think it has a lot to do with the getting used to not going during the COVID year, combined with the ticket prices, combined with Flow TV being available, and people just pay for that by the month and watch at home. But Maybe they listen on the radio. I don't know. It's a good thing. But it's a sad situation for us because it's not good. I mean, next year we're going to put a four sided video board in that building, and that's bringing us into the 21st century with hockey the way it is. And it's going to be exciting, I think. And I think we're going to be a good team again next year. We're not, we lose three good seniors, but we have kids coming in, and we have a lot of guys who aren't in the lineup these days who can play. I think Cole Kraft's going to be a heck of a hockey player for us. And those guys are going to step in Jordan Venagoni. We've got some good guys who don't play and, uh, you know, the, I think we're going to be good again next year and hopefully people will catch fever again and come out. I mean, we finished in fourth place. Yeah. What if we were eight? Yeah. That's pretty sad.
1: Bill Crawford joining us on the game, a longtime voice of Laker Hockey. Bill, a couple more questions before we let you go. Speaking of uh, next year in Laker Hockey, final edition of the Laker Hockey Show tomorrow at noon here on News Talk 1400. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you'll be talking about, obviously, this weekend with head
7: coach Damon Witten. Well, it'll be a sad state of affairs. I mean, when you bow out, you're done. You know, that's college hockey. It comes down. It ends so abruptly. It does. You, know, you, you go into your playoff situation. If you lose, you're done. That's it. See you go to the golf course. But, you know, it, it'll be, we'll wrap up the season, talk a lot about the guys. We'll talk a lot about guys who are coming in. We're going to talk about John Harrington, you know, and Brian Huggins and some of these kids who are going to come in next year and play for the Lakers. There are others too, and we'll bring all of them up and we'll certainly dissect this past weekend. And, you know, Damon's had a lot of time to think about it now. It, it was not a... It was not what we wanted to have happen, but if you're honest about it and you look and you say, hey, a five-minute power play, a two-minute power play, a penalty shot, and you can't come up with a goal there, well, obviously, there's where you lose the game. But I think our puck management problems in the second half of the second period were the game. That was where we lost. We had a 3-1 lead. I mean, shut them down, hang on to that. We did that all season to Northern, but we couldn't do it this weekend. So I think we'll be talking a lot about that sort of thing tomorrow on this show, and It'll be our last show of the season and we're done. I mean, here you are. You're going along in your hockey season. and the next thing you know, hey, oh. time to go play golf, I yeah. guess.
1: <laughs> Somewhere south, I would assume, Bill. <laughs> Indeed. Bill, uh, final question. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit with this one. Uh, you know, you've been doing Laker hockey for a very long time since I was born, and I'm certainly no spring chicken. You know, lots of generation of Laker hockey fans and sport fans, sports fans, rather, have en- enjoyed your broadcasts and shows over the years. You know, speaking for myself, growing up listening to you, it's it's great to be working on the same team and alongside of you. I'm going to ask you this question. Well, you'll be back next season. Yeah, I like plan hockey? right
7: now. I plan to be back next year. I still really enjoy the competition. Matt and I share the thing and and Matt does most of the road games, if not all of them. I mean, I don't I don't have that great desire anymore to hop in a car or get I certainly don't have a great desire to get on a bus and go, you know, to all the places that the Lakers have to go. And Pat O'Neill, when he was working with me the last few years and we did still travel we drove everywhere. Yep. We would get in one of our two vehicles, and we'd usually mine, and we'd go wherever we had to go. But that gets old after a while, and it's certainly no fun to do it alone. I would never do that. And uh, Joanne has never bought into, uh, let's go on a long road trip for a hockey series. She'd like to go on a road trip, but right. wants nothing to do with the hockey end of things. And. You know, you talked about you've been listening for a long time, and I have been doing this a long time. I remember very well Scott Nason running around uh, as just a little kid in the neighborhood because you lived right up the street from us. A couple blocks. uh, Nikki, your sister, and uh, I know your dad and mom very well. And, you know, it is. It is strange how those things happen. Here's little Scott Nason. Now he's in the same business where I finish up. And uh, it is enjoyable to do this, though. I think you do a good job. Thank you. I think Dave Watson does a good job. I know Matt Pocket does a good job. So it's it's, it's a good time. And uh, Mark San Angelo is outstanding. I mean, anytime you got the boss coming in to work the board for yep. you and, uh, and he stay does it up often. until 10 o'clock and help <laughs> make a broadcast possible, that's a good teammate. And uh, that's the way it is here at, at Sovereign.
1: Bill Crawford joining us on the game, longtime voice of Laker Hockey. Bill, appreciate you joining us. Uh, enjoy your spring and summer, and we'll certainly get you on again once we get towards the beginning of the season of Laker Hockey. Thanks for joining us tonight.
7: Alrighty, righty, Scotty. Uh, pleasure, and uh, anytime. I appreciate that. We're
1: going to take a break. We have a Fox
7: Sports Report, and then
1: we have more local sports to cover, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400.
3: We are And here's what you need to
8: know. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley was suspended for the entire 2022 NFL season by the league today after the league had an investigation that found he bet on NFL games. The NFL says that Ridley bet on games during a five-day period in late November. The Falcons say they were made aware of the situation on February 9th. And the NFL found no evidence that coaches, teammates, staff, or other players were aware of his betting activity. Now, the NFL Network says that Ridley's bets included Falcons game, a Falcons game, that is. And the NFL found out the parlays were being placed from the wide receiver's mobile device as the league had an agreement in place with their betting partners to monitor and gather information on potential violations. Ridley can petition for his reinstatement on February 15th of 2023 the nfl salary cap for 2022 will be 208 million dollars up almost 26 million from 2021 bengals use the franchise tag on safety. hi i'm
6: lindsay sterling and i know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues if you have a friend that's going through a tough time Now's the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org.
9: Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his
1: first job
9: Not for extra spending money,
1: but to help feed his little sisters.
9: Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner. Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill
3: and had had to choose between getting medicine or groceries.
9: I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger people you pass by every day but never knew were hungry i am hunger in america
10: hunger can be hard to recognize learn why at iamhungerinamerica.org brought to you by feeding america 200 food bank strong and the ad council
9: this is the story of a very special woman in a matter of seconds she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur Her knowledge was limitless, and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces. Just by giving her a bear hug, she masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom.
3: Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources, at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Taking a look at your new stock
10: 1400 weather forecast. As we get into tonight, It'll be partly cloudy. You might see some flurries return in the overnight, low of 8 or minus 13. Tuesday, decreasing clouds as the day goes on. Some more sunshine in the afternoon, high of 32 or 0. Some scattered snow showers returning Tuesday night, low of 25 or minus 4. And a slight chance of some snow showers Wednesday, cloudy, high of 30 or minus 1.
0: You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 6.37
1: 6.37 on the game. News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Want to thank the voice of Laker Hockey, Bill Crawford, for joining us once again on the game. Always great to have Bill on. Uh, one of the easier interviews you'll ever give. You just give Bill a mic and say Laker Hockey, and he'll answer any question, and we appreciate him being on the show. Coming up here in about 10 minutes, we'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from a Butch on Sports in Metro Detroit. But we still have more local sports to cover. We ended our last segment talking about the NOJ show. Again, the Sioux Eagles and Sioux Thunderbirds will be in action tomorrow night at Polar Stadium. 7.30 face-off. Just note that's a little bit later than it was scheduled earlier in the week. That game now scheduled for 7.30. We'll have the call right here on News Talk 1400. Yours truly and Rob Horn on the call. The Eagles will then embark on their final road trip of the season starting Friday night in Kirkland Lake, Saturday in Poisson, and Sunday afternoon at French River. And then they'll be at Greater Sudbury a week from Tuesday. And after that, the Eagles will have their remaining six regular season scheduled games at home. And then I believe they have at least a couple, if not three, rescheduled games. And in talking with Sue Eagles owner and general manager, Bruno Braganolo, uh, he says that the rather will extend their regular season into early April where the playoffs will begin. There is no Dudley-Hewitt Cup this season, so the winner of the NLJHL playoffs, will, which will be in early April, will advance to the Centennial Cup, Canada's national championship. Sue Thunderbirds will also be on the road this weekend, starting Friday night in Hearst, Saturday at Timmins and Sunday in Cochrane. Looking at the Sioux Indians midget AAA hockey team, they were at the Maha State Tournament this weekend. The Indians go one and two. They beat Honeybaked in a shootout in their first game by the score of three to two and then fell to Little Caesars seven to one. And then it needed to beat Victory Honda to make the semifinals. The Indians lost four to two. They had an open net goal in that one, but the Indians pulled the goalie and hit two posts in that game so the Indians end their regular season a very successful season for the Sioux Indians one of their best seasons in recent memory and uh, just a note for Eagles fans uh, many of the teams rather players on the Sioux Indians have signed with the Eagles for the remainder remainder of the season and Colin Goff he went to Fairbanks to take on the Ice Dogs I know uh, Mike Boucher very happy with that one. Laker basketball. The men were in the Gliak quarterfinals this past Wednesday against Northern Michigan, and what a wild game it was at the Berry Event Center in Marquette. I had the good fortune to call that game right here on News Talk 1400. The game was delayed by almost two hours because of a citywide power outage, so the game itself didn't get underway until about 8.45. The Lakers trailed basically the entire game, and would tie the game on one of the wildest sequences you will ever see. 2.5 seconds remaining. The Lakers were down three. David Wren on the baseline threw a bullet pass to Blake Cassidy, who was not that open, actually. Looking at the replays, that was a pretty contested shot on the live broadcast. It looked like he was pretty open, but he was very well contested on that shot, and he drains the three heading into overtime. But the Lakers would fall by the score of 99 to 94. Finishing the season at 16 and 11, Malik Adams scored a career high 42 points for the Lakers on 16 for 35 shooting. But it was free throws that really was the difference in that one. The Northern Michigan Wildcats went to the free throw line 48 times. Ouch. But a good season for the Laker men. They will return a good uh, core group for next season. And you know that Coach Steve Henninger, one of the best in the business, will have that team ready once again. Three Lakers were named to the GLIAC all-conference teams, including... Redshirt senior guard Malik Adams, he was named first-team All-Gliac. Senior forward Kemon Bassett was named second-team All-Gliac. And senior guard C.J. Robinson was named to the All-Gliac defensive team. That was announced on Friday. Gliac men's finals in Northern Michigan, who took out Lake State on Wednesday, they would knock off the host... F- Michigan Tech Huskies in the semifinal. Davenport, the eighth seed, who's dispatched of number one Ferris State in their quarterfinal, defeated Saginaw Valley State in the semifinal. And yesterday, Davenport. The 8th seed punched their ticket to their first ever NCAA Division II men's tournament as they knocked off Northern Michigan, 100-67. Absolutely shot the lights out in that one. So the Gleak will get two teams into the NCAA Division II men's tournament. Davenport, an 8th seed, will take on number 1 Walsh in their first game, while Ferris State is a two-seed, and they will take on seventh-seeded Findlay, that one on Saturday. Women's GLIAC tournament was won by Ferris State as they as the two-seed knocked out top-seeded Grand Valley on Sunday, 59-51. to 51. Three women's teams into the NCAA Division II tournament with Grand Valley, a two-seed. They will take on seventh-seeded Wayne State, while Ferris, an eighth-seed. They will face former GLIAC foe Ashland, both those games, on Friday. And finally, Laker tennis was in action over the weekend on Saturday in Hillsdale. The Laker tennis teams would both fall by the scores of four to three to the chargers and the lakers will head to hilton island south carolina actually i think they're there right now as the team will have their annual spring break trip as they compete in the professional tennis registries spring tennis fest boy that sounds good that certainly sounds a lot warmer than these parts however today Not that bad of a day at all. We're going to take a break here on the game. We come back. We'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400.
4: I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness.
5: That's Dr. Dejana Figuerella, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget.
4: It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything.
5: Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the ad council. Mark
2: Patrick Seminars is coming to Sault Ste. Marie Saturday, March 12th for one day only. Here, Mark talks about how hypnosis works to help people lose weight or stop smoking.
3: We all have an image of ourselves. And that image, if we have an image of a non smoker, we attract non smoker behaviors and beliefs. So we have an image of a smoker, we attract the habits of a smoker. If we have the image of a person who is overweight, we live up to those expectations. So one of the things we focus on with our programs is this is we work on the subconscious level level the image or snapshot of yourself. If you have a healthy image, you attract healthy habits. We work on, under hypnosis, taking the pleasure association out for smokers that they have towards smoking, putting back in what they already know consciously, that it's a filthy, disgusting habit that they never wish they'd start in the first place that's killing them dead. And we get them out of these sessions feeling good about themselves and guess what? They want to do these things instead of feel like they have to do them.
2: Don't miss Mark Patrick Seminars, Saturday, March 12th at the Best Western Hotel. For more information, go to Seminars.
9: If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed
0: his little sisters?
9: Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat. Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting
3: medicine or groceries.
9: I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hungered in America.
10: Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council.
0: Let's get back to the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400.
1: 647 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us on the game and for the rest of our show, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. You can find a brand new edition of Butch on Sports from Sunday night on his webpage. Just go to Simply Butch 2 that's t-o-o dot podomatic dot com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook. Just type in Butch on Sports. You can get all the goodness right there as well as our website, The com. As Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports region and the sports world in general, Butch We had sunny skies to start the show tonight. How are you doing, and how's the weather in your neck of the woods?
11: Cold and drippy. (laughs) Cold and drippy? Cold and drippy, yeah. Oh, boy. It rain, but it was snowing and furies and rain and fleek. And it's kind of stopped off now here to give everybody a break. But it will freeze down tonight, and everybody will be not so happy when they get up in the morning to start the car.
1: Yeah, we had a pretty big ice storm around here over the weekend and certainly lots of snow on the ground. Butch, let's start with March Madness as we are into March Madness in the state of Michigan in high school athletics. So we talked earlier here locally about the girls' basketball going into regionals this week. Boys' basketball teams starting their district play this week. And we do have a score from the Sioux High District already. Actually, it's not completed but Sheboygan leading Kingsley 39 to 24. If Sheboygan wins that game, they will play Sioux High on Wednesday at 530. But Butch, we got hockey down to the final four in high school sports, along with this weekend, wrestling finals at Ford Field for both the boys and for the first time ever, the girls. So just wanted your thoughts as far as March Madness in your area, some of the teams and things that you're watching.
11: Well, as a boy up tonight, the girls right now, um I didn't see too many Detroit teams in it. I saw a total of maybe four Detroit teams in, in the running. I do have at least three teams in the downriver area uh are competing, such as Riverview and I do believe uh <laughs> Romulus, uh, again for the girls uh, will be competing this year, which is no surprise at all because they normally field a pretty good girls' uh, team every single year. There, nothing unusual there. I can't kinda wait to the semifinals and the, and the finals of the well, we'll say the finals is upcoming for the uh, regionals, for the girls there. And I, I kind of look at that because that will tell me a lot when the quarters come down because the field is narrowed down considerably where you can look at the teams that you saw throughout the season versus the teams that will be playing now.
1: And, Butch, I thought it was a nice touch this weekend at seeing not just the boys but girls wrestling finals. We don't talk about wrestling much on this show, but, you know, there are many girls in the state of Michigan that have participated over the years in the boys' event, and I think it just was a good move to, you know, obviously have them showcase their own talents as, you know, their own division. What what do you think of what they've done with wrestling?
11: It's long overdue. Yep. You know, girls have been wanting to participate in uh, boys' equal equality sports for quite some years. Now, I see football might be an issue uh, basically with, the you know, the serve of a girls' football team, per se. But wrestling and whatnot has been for years. Girls have always, I I know one or two of girls in, in high school, whatever it may be, felt they can, easily participate and beat up boys. And I believe them, too. You know, <laughs> right. Here. But it, it's good to see that. It's good to see the diversity come in there. It's good to see that they're getting the, hopefully the same amount of appreciation and also a building that the boys reach when uh, they play their games.
1: And butch we're in a much better place than we were last year at this time, at least with COVID-19, other things have gone off the rails, which we'll talk about in the second hour. But, you know, even at this point last season, uh, there were several teams in this area that could not participate in their basketball regionals. I know there's a team uh, downstairs, Mackinac city, not too far from us who were unable to play in their girls basketball regional finals. So while COVID-19 certainly is still here and still uh, you know to be concerned about, we don't have quite the issues that we saw last season and that's certainly good news.
11: Well, we don't have the quite of uh the bouncing around of checking as we did last year as well. That's true. And that is somewhat very troubling to me personally there because I still think that should have been uh, that should be proceeded there to uh, not to do that with the kids, especially with the kids, because, again, many of the children are not vaccinated as much as the adults that they push to do that there. But, again, you're going to have some troubles here and there. And, I'm, I'm like I said, I haven't made you know, my justification of what went on in the regionals because I need to know how many teams actually participated versus teams that could not participate because of the COVID situation there. And I haven't got really the no words on that yet.
1: Butch, let's move on to college basketball. We'll probably continue this discussion discussion rather going into Hour 2 as we are into March Madness for college basketball. A few teams have already punched their ticket into the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament scheduled to start next week, including Loyola of Chicago out of the Missouri Valley Conference, Longwood first-ever tournament out of the Big South, and Murray State out of the Ohio Valley. Many more bids will be won this week and weekend with conference tournaments to fill out the 68-team field, which will be announced on Sunday evening. Let's look at the Big Ten here, Butch. Uh, both Michigan and Michigan State improved their resumes heading into the Big Ten tournament, which will begin on a Wednesday. Michigan State improved to 20-11 and 11 on the season as they finish 7th sem- in the Big Ten, knocking off Maryland at home 77-67 to 67 on Sunday. Michigan State looks to be into the tournament and will open up their Big Ten tournament Thursday against that same Maryland team who's the 10th seed at 6.30 p.m. Uh, You know, with Michigan State, Butch, uh, certainly a great start to the season. Faltered a bit as of late, but that win right there should be enough to get them in the tournament. But they probably want to win the tournament itself, but at least win a couple games to make it not so uh, stressful come Selection Sunday.
11: Well stressful is right uh Michigan State and as well as Michigan need to win at least one game if they win two, they're good. if they win at least one, there's gonna be questions about it, but they might still get on in if they win nothing, okay, and I'm talking about this week and certain Thursday when both these teams play. I don't know how sure that is for the upstate of uh People who pick these teams because there are many teams right now that they're considering that way long time ago they did not consider.
1: Yeah, there's quite a few Big Ten teams right now on the bubble. Uh, one of the four-mound uh, experts, uh, Joel Linardi, he has right now, as far as Big Ten teams, Rutgers as one of his last four teams in, Michigan as well, in. he has Indiana out. So you mentioned Michigan, Butch, uh, they get a big win at Columbus on Sunday as they defeated at 23rd-ranked Ohio State, 75-69, to so Michigan now 17-13. and finishing eighth in the Big Ten, clearly on the tournament bubble. And I agree. I think they have to win that game against Indiana, who's also on the bubble. That game will be played on Thursday at 1130. To me, Butch, that's basically a play-in game. The winner will likely get in, although I think Michigan, like you said, probably needs another win. I think the loser of that game is out.
11: Yeah, the loser's out. But again, the winner's not guaranteed anything there. Again, Michigan and Michigan State neither win a couple games in that particular to be sure. Michigan State's still on that bubble too because Maryland come back and slap them silly with a win in that tournament. There, it's going to look very hard for Michigan State to get on in there. They may be one of the sixty-eight and sixty-seven where basically they got to play an in-play end in game in order to even uh, be even considered going on for those remaining 64 games that's going to be played on thursday and friday there
1: and butch before we go to our top of the hour break uh, a wild big 10 regular season sees illinois and wisconsin claim the regular season title with 15 and 5 records Purdue finishes third at 14 and six. Rutgers fourth at 12 and eight to go along with Iowa and Ohio State. All those teams 12 and eight. Michigan State and Michigan 11 and nine. So, right now, Butch, the Big Ten could get as many as eight teams into the big dance. But as we talked about, teams like Rutgers, Michigan, Michigan State, and Indiana might need a couple wins to make their case to the committee. So, lots to play for coming up this week in the Big Ten
11: tournament. Let me tell you something. Rutgers got a better chance in Michigan than Michigan State right now. Okay? I think so, too. Because of their year-end uh, rally there. And again, the judges now are not always looking at, right now, the big bad boogie bears, okay? They're looking at the... Um, the uh, HBC conferences down south, they're looking at other smaller vicinities uh, such as maybe uh, the Horizon League where maybe two, two, maybe three teams out of Horizon League may get on in there. Not necessarily thinking that it's right and fair, but I think in many years past, you kind of like automatically slated those uh, at-large teams to be from the big conferences. I don't think it's going to be the case this year. I think it's going to open up considerably where a lot of those teams who have won a significant amount of games throughout the regular season but maybe not be as lucky to win a playoff game in their conference playoffs, will might get on in more than a Big Ten team.
1: We will continue that discussion, Butch, because I want to say some things on that coming up after our top of the hour break as we will be back on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional and national sports show, The Game News Talk
6: 1400. Hi, I'm Lindsay Sterling and I know what it's like to struggle with mental health issues. If you have a friend that's going through a tough time, now's the perfect moment to reach out. Learn how to start the conversation at SeizeTheAwkward.org
4: Brought to you by the Ad Council, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and the Jed Foundation. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness.
5: That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget.
4: It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything.
5: Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council.
10: Taking a look at your stock 1400 weather forecast. As we get into tonight,
5: it'll be partly cloudy.
10: You might see some flurries return in the overnight low of 8 or minus 13 Tuesday, decreasing clouds as the day goes on. Some more sunshine in the afternoon, high of 32 or 0. Some scattered snow showers returning Tuesday night, low of 25 or minus 4. And a slight chance of some snow showers Wednesday, cloudy, high of 30 or minus 1.
0: Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason.
1: And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you, and we are rejoined and joined for the entire hour by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Uh, Butch, let's look at the Big Ten tournament matchups before we start talking more about the NCAA tournament. The Big Ten tournament will start on Wednesday. 12 versus 13, Northwestern takes on Minnesota, while the 11th seeded Penn State Nittany Lions will take on 14th seed Nebraska. Games on Thursday. Michigan against Indiana, the 8-9 matchup. Rutgers, the fifth seed, will take on either Northwestern or Minnesota. Michigan State, the seventh seed, takes on tenth seed Maryland, while Ohio State, the sixth seed, will take on either Penn State or Nebraska. Top four seeds in the tournament. Illinois, the one seed, they'll take on either Michigan or Indiana. Wisconsin, the two seed, they'll take on either Michigan State or Maryland. Purdue, the three seed, they'll take on either Ohio State, Penn State, or Nebraska. And Iowa, the fourth seed, they'll take on either Rutgers, Northwestern, or Minnesota. Semifinals on Saturday, Sunday, championship, 3-30, and then after that, the brackets will be unveiled and certainly Butch will have a lot to talk about coming up next Monday as far as the brackets. However, you brought up something I wanted to continue to talk about here in our number two talking about some of these uh, mid-major teams that are very good and looking at some of them right now, Butch obviously Gonzaga is the one that has no worries of getting in Uh, Murray State's already in but you look at some of these other teams and potentially them getting knocked out of their conference tournaments. You know, you have St. Mary's, who's 24 and six, they knocked off Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference. You have South Dakota State, 27 and four in the Summit. You also have Iona, Toledo in the MAC, uh, Vermont, Chattanooga, Chattanooga, Townsend. You know, the list goes on and on. And we've seen many years, Butch, where a team has a great resume and record, gets knocked off in their conference tournament, and then a team, maybe like the seventh or eighth place team in the Big Ten or ACC. Many times with either 500 or below 500 records get in. Uh, personally, I think that's wrong. I'm I'm all for giving the little guy a shot, especially when they put up quite a resume like that. And I just wanted your thoughts as far as you know, giving the mid majors a, a little more uh, credit with the selection committee.
6: We'll get to Butch
1: Davis here in a moment as he. Oh, okay. there he is. Can you
11: hear me now. I can no, hear I'm you now. On, so. That's all right. By golly, here! Don't hawk and spit. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm looking at Davidson, who's ranked 47, supposed to be in the nation. Okay, Atlantic 10 Conference with a 24 and five record. How can you not submit them in the in the, in the dance there? But that's plain and simple. I'll go further down the doggone list. There, uh, they got a team, uh, Oklahoma State, 15 and 15, is ranked higher than the team I just mentioned.
3: Ridiculous.
11: Now either somebody's blind, crippled, or crazy or just something's wrong. Belmont, okay, who was in the OVC conference, okay, 24-7. and 7. Yeah. How can you not submit them? South Dakota State, okay, is 26-4. You, you know, it's, it's hard to, to sit up there and not submit teams who Bust their behinds throughout the season, but yet still don't get recognized. in going in there and playing some of the big time uh, games that maybe deserve. Iona, okay, which is the MAAC, okay, they're twenty five and six. Yeah, they're ranked eighty fifth. And some previously there was 86, so they went up one. This is crazy, okay, that uh, a lot of the team, these teams are not going to be considered to go to the NCAA because of uh, maybe size, maybe because they're not in this, quote-unquote, the big, the big five conferences or whatever it may be. It, it just, it's just ridiculous there. And that's what I'm saying. It's going to be, I think, this will be one of the years there will be a changing of the guard when it comes down to how some of these teams are picked. I think Big Ten is assume because they are a top-five league and they do, uh, are a competitive league, per se, are going to have eight teams. But when you see the and I just mentioned and some of the other teams I mentioned, should they not have these consideration looking at their record?
1: And they should, Butch. And a lot of this is determined by many factors and What's who. Factors? Well, I agree. Who's on the selection committee is where I was getting to. And uh, this year, the chairman not from the Big Ten, not from uh, one of the power conferences. The chairman of the selection committee this year is Tom Burnett, the Southland Conference Commissioner. So maybe there's a little hope that, uh, you know, more credit to the little guys because you can't help who you play on your conference schedule. You're pretty much locked in. But a lot of these teams do go on the road and play some of these bigger teams. And I'm sorry, but uh, Iona at 27-6 and six and an Oklahoma State at 15-15, and 15, I don't care what conference you play in, Iona should get in.
11: That's correct. But again, maybe the gentleman, because I know this, before I started this conversation, that the lead of this particular uh, situation is from a smaller conference this year. Yeah. So some of these are conferences that... Again, don't get the consideration. You have someone there at the very, very top to argue these doggone points here. And again, don't uh, Oklahoma State fifteen and fifteen? Are you joking here, man? There's no way, okay? Ohio State is nineteen and and ten. If they don't win a considerable amount of uh, games in the in the tournament they're not getting in, okay? And that's why I say Michigan and Michigan State right now, uh, they got to show up some wins, at least a couple, in order to see any kind of uh, leverage when uh, they get put in there. They may get a lower seed, per se, or maybe get an upper seed because of the, the smaller uh, colleges that may get picked over and under there. But, again, it, it's just, it's not to say that basically, you know, that these teams don't get the consideration necessary. And I think that's going to happen starting this year here.
1: I certainly hope so, and we'll certainly talk about it next Monday when we see the 68 team field. Uh, Butch, a conference close to you, Horizon League semifinals tonight. Wright State will face Cleveland State, and Northern Kentucky will face Purdue, Fort Wayne. Both Detroit and Oakland were knocked out in the quarterfinal stages. Uh, of those four teams, Butch, which one has the best case as far as if they do lose in this uh, Horizon League tournament to make the NCA tournament, in your opinion? Of course,
11: the winner is going to go on in there. Yep, Wright State is not a bad team. Cleveland State is definitely not a bad team. So I expect maybe a Cleveland State or Wright State. Northern Kentucky, it might be on the bubble a little taste there, but again, they're going to get consideration also there in in order to do their bidding there. The Horizon League is not so bad, what you call a bad league this year because majority of those teams in the Horizon League have played some of the top 50 uh, basketball teams in the country and have won some of those games there. So they're not no little snake in the grass anymore. They've done a better job than the MAC Conference. So hear me what I say. You know, we'll we'll know everything next
1: Sunday. Speaking of the MAC conference, Butch, good uh, segue there. The quarterfinals will take place on Thursday. Both Eastern and Western Michigan out of the tournament, not finishing in the top eight. Central Michigan finished eighth and will take on the top seed Toledo Rockets on Thursday. Uh, you know, I haven't followed the MAC too closely. Uh, is there any real dangerous team in the MAC? Obviously, Toledo, the best team in the regular season, but that's that's a league over the years that we have seen upsets in. The NCAA tournament. Kent
11: State. Yep. The
1: Golden Flashes.
11: Kent State. If they get in, and I'm quite sure by the skin of their chinny chin chin, (laughs) they're going to get in, okay? Some way, one way or another. If that's the team I would watch.
1: Yeah, Kent State, twenty-one and nine, sixteen and four in the MAC. They are a very dangerous team. But one other thought on college basketball over the weekend: there's a big to do in Cameron, North Carolina, for the last home game of Mike Shusevsky as the North Carolina Tar Heels ruined the the big party for Coach K. You know. Did they make too much out of this? I mean, it seemed like it was a long entire season filled with uh, all these different acknowledgments And as Coach K. And granted, I'm not knocking his record. He's one of the best coaches of all time. But yeah, just to me, it seemed like it was a little much. It was all season long. What are your thoughts?
11: Yeah. Well, Coach K could have put a stop to that yeah. at the beginning of the season. Okay he didn't want this or that happening and you know, he respected all and whatever university wanna do offside the game and whatnot there he could have put that to bed. He could also put to bed the last game at Duke where everybody made a big hoopla about it. End up Duke ended up losing it. And he could march it on the stage here after the game said, what's not acceptable. Well, you know, come on, it's your last game and the home team there, and I'm sorry, but we lost. You know, that's cute, okay? And it looks good in the papers, per se, there. But now he's put his team up front to say, hey, look, you better win the national championship or I'm going to be a turd.
1: Exactly. Uh, Butch, you, you know, we'll talk more about the brackets next week. Just final thought on college basketball. It's been a pretty unpredictable season. Uh, lots of movement in the top 25 and lots of teams uh, moving around. If you had two teams that you think are, are very good chances to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament, uh, which two are you picking right now before the brackets come out?
11: Loyola of Chicago. Ooh, Sister Jean. Yep. <laughs> Can't mess up on that one, there. Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm going to go down a little wet wash here and pick a team, Drake. Ooh, the Drake. I love the Drake. I like the Drake. I like Drake very much, although they may not win. Okay, their particular uh, uh, conference there, the way they would like to in St. Louis, I'm saying 10 to 1 to a definite donuts here. Couple They're t- going to get in there. And if they do get in, that's going to be trouble. You know, that is a very good team to watch there.
1: Couple teams I'm watching: Butch Murray State. I love this team. I love what they do on the court. Twenty-eight and two, they will make the tournament. I believe they're already in the tournament. And I like that St. Mary's team out west. Uh, you know, knocking off Gonzaga. Those are two teams. in if they're in anywhere around the Michigan State bracket, certainly I would not want to face. There, obviously, the top teams. You know, with Gonzaga and Arizona and Baylor and Duke. But those are two teams I'm watching, and be interesting to see what the Big Ten does. Uh, you know, this. this This is a conference that has not had a lot of success on the big stage as far as teams winning national championships. So Butch, we got a lot to discuss next Monday when we get the brackets
11: the Pac-10 and also all the major conferences have not played their conference uh, tournament yet there, yep. so you might find some surprises in there. Some lower seeds like, a, again, a Oklahoma State they don't have a very good record. If they come far and true and win the whole doggone thing, they're in. Nothing you can do about it. And then that's what messes up the whole situation where you end up putting teams in that may not shouldn't got in, but the favoritism We'll lead them in there. Hopefully, the the commissioner now who runs this doggone thing from Southland will put some perspective into play there.
1: We certainly hope so indeed. Butch, we're going to take a break. We come back. We will transition to the NBA and talk about the Detroit Pistons and the league in general. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports
4: show, The Game and News Talk 1400.
5: A message from the Ad Council.
9: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart
3: A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Crime Stoppers is brought to you by KC Security Services, voted Sault Ste. Marie's number one security company four years in a row. Give us a call or visit our website at kcsecurity.ca and find out how we can help you stay secure.
9: Crime Stoppers and the Sault Ste. Marie Police Service are requesting your assistance in identifying
4: two suspects involved in an incident of break and enter. On October 6, 2021, two suspects broke into the fenced compound of Superior Marine and Small Engine Repair, located in Industrial Park. The suspects left the business with two lawn tractors and two boat radios. The total value of the property was over 8,500. Fortunately, the lawn tractors have been recovered, but the boat radios and the identity of the suspects remain unknown. If you can identify the suspects and your tip leads to an arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Call Crime Stoppers at 705-942-7867 or 1-800-222-8477. You can also click the Submit a Tip button Found on our website, SueCrimestoppers.com, or download the P3 app.
0: You can catch podcasts of the game at TheGameSportsShow.com. Now, let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 7-16
1: Seven sixteen on the game, News Talk 1400, Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. We do have a final score in from the Sioux High Blue Devil Boys Basketball District in Kalkaska, she- Sheboygan knocks off Kingsley 56-36, to so the Sioux High Blue Devils will take on the Sheboygan Chiefs Wednesday night in Kalkaska. You can hear that game over on 1230 WSO with Dave Watson and Ray Bell starting with the tip-off show at 5.15. Butch, let's move on to the Detroit Pistons. While it's too late as far as playoffs for the Pistons, they continue to play better since the All-Star break. Pistons go 2-1 and this past week, losing a close game in Washington, 116-113, to and then a 108-106 to road win on Thursday at Toronto, and then following that up with a rare back-to-back win on friday at home against indiana 111 to 106 the pistons now 17 and 47 second worst team in the east they're in action tonight at home against atlanta so butch even though really the season is is done as far as the pistons and playoff possibilities uh, looking at the glass half full they've at least uh, put a little better effort on the court over the past few weeks
11: well, again, Marvin Bagley has been a godsend for the Pistons. That one guy put, it, put into the lineup yeah. made a big difference for the Detroit Pistons and how they stand. They got someone coming off the bench, <coughs> excuse me, who's very aggressive, very tall. He, he's not going to be intimidated by a lot of people. He has a reputation of mixing it up. And he goes in there and does what he does best, and that is just get points from the inside. Uh Kate Cunningham, he has learned that he is not a very good three-point shooter and has come to terms and is now shooting his mid-size jumper that he's having more success with than he's going out there trying to hold up a three-pointer that's not going in and causes all kind of havoc. Um Sadiq Bey, he's found his little touch shooting three-pointers. But, again, this is another player who's now found uh, livelihood with a mid-range jumper, okay? So we're changing habits here. We're saying, you know what, we're not the three-point team that we can be. Right. Don't say 40% is good. 40% stink to me here. You're going to shoot some kind of ball. Versus a ball that you can shoot sixty, uh, maybe forty-five—not saying forty-five percent, but over fifty percent—versus a three-pointer that you're in the gutter with twenty-nine percent. You you got to look at that and say, "Hey, look, you know, we got to change our way of doing business." I think Bagley, had, again, the older member of the team, has come to a point where. He wants to win, and he shows some leadership in there, something that the Pistons have not had in quite some time. Jeremy Grant, uh, he's playing a lot better uh, ball. Although, again, he's taking a lot of dumb and stupid shots that basically is not on him. But, again, it may be on the coaching philosophy of Mr. Casey. So, again, much of that has to be asked out, During the end of the season, it's nice that they're playing uh, halfway decent ball. They may get some fans to come in and watch them, but it's it's a little too late for the Pistons for them to come out there and say, look at us next year, and when they get to next year, the same old song and dance occurs. (laughs)
1: We've heard it a few years. Look at next year, Butch. How about this, Butch? You mentioned uh, Dwayne Casey, uh, Detroit Pistons head coach, former Toronto Raptors head coach. The Pistons against Toronto in their last 12 games, nine and three how does that happen
11: (laughs) it happened with not with mirrors but he had a little bit of i'll fix you kind of jack here you know because whatever effort he's doing with Toronto, that same type of effort got to go with other teams without the lead too there. And that's where right now this guy looks pretty doggone soft to me. He has to bring that same kind of enthusiasm toward every team he, he faces and he has not done that or influenced his team to do it as well.
1: Butch, just looking overall at the NBA, some of the things that I saw over the weekend, uh, Miami, they continue to play well. Uh, they knock off Philadelphia on Saturday, uh, two of the best teams in the east Uh, Miami continues to play well Uh, the LA Lakers got it right on Saturday night LeBron James 56 points as they knock off Golden State it was just the second win for the Lakers in their past nine games so they're still in ninth place in the west Uh, and lots of points yesterday butch Boston Celtics Jason Tatum 54 points in that game uh, over Brooklyn Boston now winning 14 of their last 16 and Milwaukee in a finals rematch yesterday 44 points from Chris Middleton as they knock off Phoenix on Sunday so those are some of the things that I saw Butch as we are just uh, 5 weeks remaining in the regular season what are some of the things that you've noticed over the past week in the NBA
11: I think you mentioned it very well Scott we're seeing the helpers yeah. Come out of the wet wash there and being a lot more consistent with what they need to do in order to help their team win. Middleton, with the Bucks yesterday, he's not been all that consistent all this year there. But with his points going along with Holiday, uh, that helped the Bucs uh, keep that whole thing competitive in a, in a big way there. Although, you know, it didn't give always the dividends. You know, they got to do that every single game. If they do, then again, they're a competitive team there. Philadelphia did not have Harden right. this past when they uh, got beaten by the Heat. But Harden's in the lineup tonight when they're playing their game. So, again, we're seeing things match. And let's talk about LeBron James, too, okay? LeBron James was on national TV mm-hmm. in the spotlight. Yep. He wasn't going to look like a bum. <laughs> Not in front of uh, Curry, okay? The Curry Man here, as I used to call him. The Curry okay. Man, yeah. I wish he had one of the hats like Curry Man, that wrestler here. You <laughs> yeah, know, he, I do. He, <laughs> it would look very nice. Of him.
1: <laughs> and Matt Stafford in the house there as well, yeah, Butch.
11: Really off of a cage match or something here. <laughs> uh, it really, you know, you look at LeBron, and he, he brought it, okay? He brought some enthusiasm with a team that really right now keeps the supporting cast. But he made other players come on out there and play some ball too. Carmelo Anthony came off the bench. He kicking in about 15, 16 points there. So it was a game that they had to win on the other hand. When you don't have Green in the lineup, okay, as right now the Warriors don't have, that is a determining factor, as well as uh, Thompson uh, getting himself together and being a lot more consistent in this shooting. He's not quite in the shape that he needs to be in to go on this route there. So you got teams that are making adjustments left and right. And hopefully they get it right because those teams uh, that I just mentioned uh, have a lot to do, especially L.A. right now. They're sitting at the bottom of the barrel. But if they get a good running streak going there, they can bring themselves out of that too and and somewhat don't have to be in a play-in situation where if you lose – you're done, okay? You go home, you pack your bags.
1: Bush, uh, before we go to our bottom of the hour break, let's look at the Detroit Red Wings. uh, While improved from last season, it looks like once again, they will not be making the playoffs as they have been in a very tough portion of their schedule. The Wings go one and two last week, knocking off Carolina at home in overtime on Tuesday, four to three, and then going down to Florida this weekend against two of the NHL's best, uh, falling three to one, at Tampa on Friday and then 6-2 to two to Florida on Saturday as they just uh, weren't ready for that game, at least from the little bit that I saw. The Wings now 24-26-6, fifth place in the Atlantic Division, rather now 18 points out of a playoff spot, so playoffs not going to happen. The Wings will be at home to Arizona tomorrow night. Uh, Butch, uh, just your thoughts on the Wings. We knew this was going to be a tough stretch, and well, it has been for the Wings.
11: But thank God for Robin Fabre, who he didn't score this weekend. Although they lost some games, uh, they would be in the hole, okay? (laughs) They've been shut out. Uh, the, the, The defense for other teams has been very good. The defense for the Red Wings has been very poor. Especially on Sunday versus Florida there. They made it very competitive, indeed, against the Tampa Bay Lightning there. And maybe that's Steve Eisenman's touch on that, where they're somewhere a lot more competitive than they have been in the past against the team. But the Florida Panthers, please watch out for that. That's a good team. team. They're not fooling around with a dog on there. And they're whipping people up left and right. So... Red Wings got a lot of work to do in the off season on what veterans they're going to keep and what young kids right now they may want to settle on and bring them in right now to get just some experience time on the ice and you know let some of these veterans go because the trade deadline is up and coming and I think you will see some changes with the Red Wings. You're going to see some trade with the Red Wings and. That will determine right now how things are going to be standing in the near future for this particular team.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Florida, Butch, just one point behind Tampa for first place in the Atlantic. Uh, in the Metropolitan Division, uh, Carolina still atop, 83 points. The Rangers and Penguins with 77. Colorado, best team record wise in the NHL. They have 85 points in the Central, uh, well ahead of St. Louis, who has 71 points in the West. And in the Pacific, uh, Calgary still on top with 73 points. Good battle going on there. The LA Kings kind of quietly going about their business in second with 69 and vegas with 68 but butch, you mentioned that florida team i agree i think they are going to be a very tough playoff opponent they might have all the cards and all the players in line for a deep playoff run still a lot of time in the regular season but you know florida looks good
11: they pick up somebody in a trade or some type of deal on waivers that's going to be that's going to be a that's the place I would not want to go.
1: Not at all. but we're going to take our bottom-of-the-hour break, but when you and I come back, we still have more sports to talk about. We'll talk about Major League Baseball and the opening uh, weekend and the first couple weeks of the season not happening. We'll look at where they are as far as negotiations. We'll also talk about the NFL, some uh, big news involving a wide receiver uh, coming out late this afternoon, and more, all coming up on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400.
3: what you need
12: to know. Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley was suspended for at least a year for gambling. He left the team during last season to focus on his mental health and gambled on the NFL in late November while he was away from the team. Colts tight end Jack Doyle retired. San Francisco officially hired Anthony Lynn and Brian Greasy as assistant coaches. Carolina paused construction on a new practice facility. And the NFL salary cap is up to $208 million per team. The league year starts on the 16th. In the NBA, eight games tonight, including Philadelphia hosting Chicago shortly. The Bulls have lost four in a row. James Harden, who rested last game, expected to play. Ben Simmons of the Nets will travel to the Philadelphia game on Thursday, but will not play, according to the Athletic. Miami hosts Houston in a half an hour. Victor Oladipo of the Heat, who's been out nearly a year after a second quad surgery, will get about 15 minutes off the bench. I'm Steve DeSager.
5: message from the Ad Council.
2: Mark Patrick Seminars is coming to Sault Ste. Marie's Saturday, March 12th for one day only. Here Mark talks about how hypnosis works to help people lose weight or stop smoking.
3: We all have an image of ourselves, and that image, if we have an image of a non-smoker, we attract non-smoker behaviors and beliefs. So we have an image of a smoker, we attract the habits of a smoker. If we have the image of a person who is overweight, we live up to those expectations. So one of the things we focus on with our programs is this, is we work on at the subconscious level the image or snapshot of yourself. If you have a healthy image, you attract healthy habits. We work on, under hypnosis, taking the pleasure association out for smokers that they have towards smoking, putting back in what they already know consciously that it's a filthy, disgusting habit that they never wish they'd start in the first place that's killing them dead. And we get them out of these sessions feeling good about themselves, and guess what? They want to do these things instead of feel like they
2: have to do them. Don't miss Mark Patrick Seminars, Saturday, March 12th, at the Best Western Hotel. For more information, go to markpatrickseminars.com.
10: Taking a look at your News Talk 1400 weather forecast. As we get into tonight, it'll be partly cloudy. You might see some flurries return in the overnight, low of 8 or minus 13. Tuesday, decreasing clouds as the day goes on. Some more sunshine in the afternoon, high of 32 or 0. Some scattered snow showers returning Tuesday night, low of 25 or minus 4. And a slight chance of some snow showers Wednesday, cloudy, high of 30 or minus one.
0: Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 7.32 on the game.
1: News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Looking at our schedule tomorrow here on News Talk 1400, the Laker Hockey Show with our guest tonight, the voice of Laker Hockey Bill Crawford along with Damon Witten will be from noon to 1 o'clock right here on News Talk 1400. And then tomorrow evening, yours truly along with Rob Horn, we'll have the call from Puller Stadium as the So Eagles take on the Sioux Thunderbirds while the pregame show at 715. Butch, let's move on to Major League Baseball. When you and I chatted last week and nothing was official, but on Tuesday, Major League Baseball canceled opening day with Commissioner Rob Manfred announcing that the sport will scrap regular season games over a labor dispute for the first time in 27 years. After acrimonious lockout talks collapsed in the hours before management's deadline, with owners and players unable to agree on a contract to replace the collective bargaining agreement, they've cancelled right now the first two series for each of the 30 teams, cutting each club's schedule from 162 to 156 games at most. A total of 91 games were erased for now, as over the weekend the Major League Baseball Players Association gave a written collective bargaining agreement proposal to major league baseball it included a five million dollar reduction to the union's last offer and a pre-arbitration bonus pool but it did not include any changes to its competitive balance tax proposal according to sources familiar with the situation butch uh, where are we at with this whole major league baseball fiasco uh, are these two sides uh, gonna come to some agreement or are we gonna have more games postponed here in the next few weeks
11: They're all in the gutter. Yeah. You know, it is sad because this conversation started in the end of the season way in November. Okay. Before they get to the point of locking somebody out. And it's a shame that people can't get themselves together to uphold a situation that right now uh, a lot of fans. Uh, business merchants uh, who are around those particular stadiums and, and playing so many uh, opening day ceremonies where they have uh, tailgating and all kind of other entertainment going on. In Detroit, that's just a major holiday, okay, for, for that saying. And it doesn't look right for a lot of the radio stations. And, again, the investors on opening day, they have nothing nothing going on versus uh, Major League Baseball and the Players Association just just it It's like, to me, it's like the, the owners intentionally want to, you know, smooth some games down. And the players are not getting paid for them. Not a dime. Not one red set. So... It's a bad situation for both sides, per se. Something's going to have to give in order for Major League Baseball to uh, to come about. The minor league baseball system is not affected by it. So I'm sorry to say you're going to get a lot of Toledo Mudhead baseball, Western uh, (laughs) Michigan baseball, and a whole lot of other things, rather than see Major League Baseball come into play.
1: I think Butch, uh, this is where you need a very strong commissioner to try to lead this situation. And granted, I'm sure his hands are very tied. But uh, Rob Manfred, uh, when he became commissioner, he said he wanted to forge relationships with individual players. Uh, obviously, he has not done that as well. He seems to have pretty thin skin. He doesn't seem to like or even understand the criticism uh, aimed his way. Isn't really against him. It's you know the old line in the in the Godfather. It's Not personal, it's business. And I think that Manfred right now is not doing the job that he should. Could he solve this whole thing himself? Probably not. But he needs the lead. And I don't think he's doing that right now.
11: Well, I disagree with that particular comment. I think Manfred's doing a heck of a job for the owners because that's who's paying them. That's true. Yeah, good point. Good point. Could could he care? He he has probably 45 million reasons that he. You know, he's going to do what he wants to do. Uh, Really, he's a new guy on the block that basically right now maybe has not gotten into play, and other commissioners have gotten in trouble too with uh, getting contracts together and whatnot. But, again, this guy should know that – with the times and the investments that have been made toward Major League Baseball, not only that, but other sports in general, with the gambling situations, and they're the full sponsors of it, and the players are not getting one dime, but when they go to the go to the slots and want to make a bet on Joe Blow or Mary Lou, <laughs> as we saw today, somebody gets. Putting the hole. This guy is missing $11 million because he made a bet for his team uh, because he was not on it as an active player. But again, he went out on mental health.
1: But you are the Segway King tonight on the show. Our next subject is that aforementioned uh, person you just discussed, Atlanta Falcons receiver Calvin Ridgely. He has been suspended for at least the 2022 season after gambling on games in 2021. The NFL released a statement this afternoon announcing his suspension, saying he gambled on games over a five-day stretch in November of 2021 when he was on the non-football interseason. Injury list to address his mental health. Uh, Ridgely stepped away from football on Halloween, stating he needed to get his personal life in order. Ridgely, in a series of tweets on Monday after the suspension was announced, said he bet $1,500 total and on that, I quote, don't have a gambling problem, unquote. He also tweeted that he couldn't even watch football at the time he made the bets. He added that he's just going to, quote, be more healthy when I come back, and that I know I was wrong, but I'm getting a year. LOL. The NFL determined that Ridgely placed multi-legged parlay bets involving three, five, and eight games that included the Falcons to win via his mobile device out of state. And the NFL learned of Ridgely's betting activity through its relationship with the legal sports betting industry. This, according to ESPN. So certainly, uh, Mr. Ridgely, uh, you know, is doing something that. I've done, and probably a lot of our listeners have done, but that's a no-no on the NFL, Butch.
11: However, a lot of the NFL players and other players in Major League facilities uh, have probably done it too, Yep, but have not got caught. Right. That's
1: they the key. Caught. That's the key. That's
11: the key. <laughs> but, you know, here's the deal, okay? The guy knows the rules to the game, okay? He's not supposed to bet on anything, period, okay? Uh, active player or inactive player there, maybe that's you said he went on uh, hiatus after Halloween. Maybe somebody scared the crap out of <laughs> him. out there trick or treating yeah. and, you <laughs> know, everything went wacko. And that's a short joke. And uh, hopefully nobody gets offended by that there. But again, you know, really seems like a, I don't know, maybe in, in my eyes, he was a clear headed person that he knew that. As a NFL player or any player, you know, in Major League Baseball, you can't be betting, okay, that's prohibited in their contract, in their Major League Agreement, Players Association, et cetera, et cetera. So he know what the deal was and what not there. That little weak little statement of, oh, I only bet 1500 bucks." you know, how much you got refunded to you, okay? You know, come on. this, this is This is stupid. He's going to spend one year. He's not going to get $11 million. Hopefully, he saved a lot of money up where he don't have to worry about it, and, and that'll be it. If he has not showed the NFL next year by February, I think the middle of February, Correct. Say, yep. uh, that uh, he's able to, again, uh, uh, make an attempt to come back to the NFL, and, and he hasn't showed him that he has any remorse on what he did or whatever. He, He's going throw, they're going to throw them out. But I doubt that very seriously. This is a very touchy subject there. When NFL and all Major League Baseball and all the other major sports getting into gambling, this, this can happen, okay? And that's not only the players per se, but that's owners, that's associates, those are referees. There's a lot of factors into this, okay? And nobody knows anything. So if you're going to the on one person. I mean, take the on out and do it on everybody, and get it out the way. If you're going to make a statement, make it worldwide.
1: I hope he had good odds in that bet, Butch, because that $1,500 bet cost Mr. Ridgely about $11 million in his salary, which came off the books well, for 2022.
11: Do you think he cares? Okay, this guy probably got a good, maybe $21 million. Parked in the doggone bank here, making interest and making investments and whatnot. You think he cares? He he did if he cared he wouldn't did it in the first
1: place. That's true. He must be making Butch Davis money, I guess, eh? Is that that the Butch Davis money, but
11: my middle capacity would have told me not to do it here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bush, I got to regain my composure. We're going to take a final break here. (laughs) We're going to take our final break here on the game. When we come back, we will talk more about the ongoing situation in Ukraine and its effect on sports. We'll also talk about the wild world of wrestling and who knows what else will come up on tonight's show. You are listening to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400.
5: A message from the Ad Council.
9: This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart
3: a public service announcement brought to you by aarp and the ad council
0: you can catch podcasts of the game at the now let's get back to it with scott nason on news talk 1400.
1: And welcome back to the game on news talk 1400 Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on sports, Butch Davis. If you want to hear the full two hour versions of version rather of tonight's show, you can find it here in about a half hour or so on the website, the game sports com. Butch let's get to more serious matters going on in the world and how it affects the world of sports. Uh, this week we've seen the continued invasion of the country of Ukraine by Russia as just the the pictures and the, the accounts of the events are are horrifying uh, compared to where we were last week, which was not in a good place. We've seen more and more of uh, innocent lives being taken, uh, cities being under attack, bombs going off everywhere, uh, buildings being demolished, and, and it shows no sign of slowing down, unfortunately. And of course, we're a sports show, and so that affects the world of sports. And we talked a little bit about this last week with the Russian teams and athletes basically being uh, sanctioned or not being. Being allowed to participate in almost everything right now, including uh, you know tennis and those events, as well as uh, FIFA and UEFA for soccer. The list goes on and on and on. And uh, over the weekend, Butch, we learned out that former uh, WNBA All Star uh, Brittany Griner was uh, detained in Russia a few couple weeks ago after customs officials detected cannabis oil in her luggage at an airport near Moscow. The Russian news agency TASS cited a law enforcement source identifying uh, Miss Griner, who's 31, upon arriving from New York. Uh, she has been detained and we don't know a whole lot more about that. So, you know, this is As serious a situation, Butch, as we've talked about to go along with COVID, but, you know, it it involves sports and it involves this country. If you go around and look at the gas prices right now, uh, locally here, over $4.30, and you're you're just going to see a whole lot of other things. And our thoughts and prayers certainly to all the innocent victims and people in Ukraine that are just dealing with a horrific situation. But uh, it affects sports as well, Butch, and I wanted your thoughts overall on the whole thing.
11: Well, economically, <clears throat> first and foremost, it hasn't made us very happy, you know, especially at the gas tank there. I remember myself Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. riding around, taking care of business and whatnot, uh, looking for a gas station that was committed to my pocketbook when I found somebody's uh, gas station for uh, $3.79. Woo! Everybody else had it $4 there. So, naturally, yours truly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Spun the tires, getting
11: in. Yep, yep. <clears throat> At least this week, I have no worries. Uh, but as these days going on, you're seeing the economic grind on that there. The Britney grinder, particular situation when you uh, you cause wrath on one uh, country or two or three other countries you want, kind of wonder how Russia's going to handle this particular situation with her, mm. and she knowing, okay, if she just went there in two weeks just to play basketball, she's the biggest fool I ever saw in town because this has been going on worldwide as far as news is concerned that Russia may not be the nicest place you need to be at the right. present time. Uh, and I don't want to be insensitive about it, but, you know, Common sense always rules here. You know, um, Brittany Griner doesn't look to me as she needs the money no. Okay, in order to go over to Russia to do what she's doing right now there. And if she's smoking hash cheese or whatever it may be, <clears throat> you know, that's another thing that really is not going to hold very, very personal when it comes down to her going to court. And right now news is coming out that if she's found guilty, she will be there for at least 10 years, okay, never to see U.S. earth or soil for that particular long period of time unless the U.S. can negotiate something where they can get her out. And I'm quite sure Russia will want something in return more than the United States would want to give to get her out of there. So that's where the politics lies in there. It's a bad situation per se. Uh, You know, and and people feel I'm I'm very insensitive with what I just said. I'm completely apologetic to it. But, you know, let's use our hands here and what we do and how we do it. We see a a lot of people out there right now, over 2 million people, leave the the area who could get out, okay? And these are only women and children. We're not talking about the men who are under a certain age that are going back to fight. And they may not never be seen by families again over this particular situation. Uh, It's a lot more things that are more major to me than what I'm hearing about, you know, and I'm not saying Brittany Grinder's situation is not major, but... Common sense got to come into play there. Some people don't have a choice right. to do what they're doing versus someone who do have a choice and have not used good common sense, okay? And if you're doing certain situations, why have it on you in the first place in your bags, okay? You know, what's the deal here? She doesn't have no representation that can tell her or maybe her agent to say that she was set up if she was, okay? But, again, you know, it's just, this is just bad. It's, it's bad all around for everybody. And not only the people overseas are taking a hit, that we in this country are taking a, a, a just a hit as well right now. These are things right now that we're not looking to deal with versus coming out of uh, COVID. A lot of people are just getting back in the workplace and, It's just a bad
1: situation. It certainly is indeed, Butch. Uh, Let's end before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down in the wild world of wrestling. Uh, The All Elite Wrestling Pay-Per-View Revolution 2022 uh, happened over the weekend. Uh, Some of the highlighted matches to me, Eddie Kingston defeats Chris Jericho in that one. You had the dog-collar match, CM Punk defeating probably my favorite heel right now, MJF. You also had John Matt Moxley defeating uh, Brian Danielson by pinfall. And and uh, Hangman Adam Page defeated Adam Cole by pinfall to retain the AEW World Championship. Butch, I didn't watch this. I just read the accounts of it and saw the results. But it sounds like AEW continues to uh, put on uh, good performances. They don't have quite the uh, amount of pay-per-views as a WWE, but it seems like when they have them, they seem to have very good success.
11: They're making it work. Yeah. They're making it work very well for them. And again, as I mentioned on my Sunday show, they acquired a couple more companies, with uh, is Ring of Honor, yep. that now they own, along with uh, the Impact Wrestling that they have been uh co-signing with, I guess, for now at least two years. That's in addition to the Japanese Wrestling League over in Japan, which is coming strictly over to AEW, versus the uh, the WWE right now is getting putting all their ducks in the ladder for uh, WrestleMania there. This is going to be this big event of all time in a 100,000 seat stadium for two nights and whatnot. And, if the entertainment that they're going to splice on there for, I mean, talking about the WWE, if we don't get to hear about it sooner than later, uh, I don't know if their, their pay-per-view audience is going to be very that big at all there
1: few uh, weeks away from WrestleMania for the WWE. Uh, tonight, Butch, a couple things I'm watching on Raw it will be the return of Jerry the King Lawler as he mm-hmm. returns to Raw after almost two years. We don't know quite the role, but certainly will be very interesting. And we saw last week the heel side of Edge. I loved it as he uh, went off against uh, AJ Styles, uh, causing the fans maybe to move into a heel mode. Uh, those are some of the things that I noticed from this past week. What are some of the things... you? You're watching this week in the WWE.
11: I don't think Edge has any choice here. Why he's wrestling now and why is it so important? I have no idea here, okay? He's not making WWE even better. It's nice to see him and whatever it may be on some special guest occasion, But him out there wrestling and whatnot there. You know, he's taking a lot away from some of these younger kids that basically need the time and the space to to show their wares and whatnot. There, this guy's already been retired. I I don't understand it. That's like Steve Austin coming in to play the, for Kevin Owens. Okay, yeah. and that, I heard that rumor coming on about there. Well, what's the point of it? Okay. Do you know the point of it, Scott? I
1: don't. I mean, uh, they've all been very accomplished, and they both have had serious injuries over the years, and all it takes is one botch, and uh, that could end your life. So I don't get it either, Butch. I know the WWE isn't hurting for talent right now as far as their roster, and so it doesn't make much sense to me. You know, as a longtime wrestling fan, do I love seeing them out there? Yes, but I just like seeing them out there talking or just uh, cutting a promo. They don't need to go on the ring at this point because they have too much to
11: lose. Well, cutting the promos is nice, but, you know, again, yeah, going out on the ring and getting their rear end kicked for a half an hour, 45 minutes, <clears throat> just to feed the crowd and feed your pocketbook there. I don't know. I, I hope it's very sensible for them, and they profit very well, and they come out there unscathed. But, you know, I'd rather see them put some of their NXT wrestlers in there that basically – Deserve the time and the space of part of WrestleMania to fill that show out where it can be somewhat legit. There, I, I, you know, I don't see, I don't, I don't see, I don't see what what's coming out about it in 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 that way. But we'll, we'll find out in a couple more weeks, maybe two or three more weeks. We'll find out what the WWE is all about there because right now, uh, AEW Dynamite. And also a Revolution, they're 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 doing the thing that basically they're building their company up when they're in there for a long, long time. The only thing is holding AEW up that the WWE has standing contracts with a lot of these arenas, okay? Well, right now, AEW has to uh, kind of search and do what they have to do, such as they're using the, the old form to have one of their shows in Los Angeles. And it took them about two years to do that there. So uh, they're having trouble in that amount there. But as long as they got that home base in Jacksonville, where they're using Daly's place to... Uh, do their business. They're putting on some good, reputable shows there.
1: They do indeed. Butch, uh, we got a couple minutes left. Let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start. Just thumbs up. I have one tonight, and it involves uh, one of my favorite sports, soccer, and uh, the reaction to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, not just with UEFA and FIFA suspending Russian teams from all competitions, but over the weekend, uh, fans, players, and officials united in gestures of support at many games across Europe. Europe and North America as uh, fans threw or flew team colors uh, with Ukrainian flags. Uh, several Ukrainian stars were brought to tears by the outpouring of support, uh, notably Manchester City uh, Alexander Zinchenko and Everton's Vitaly Monyanchenko, whose teams met uh, in uh, in a game in the Premier League, as well as Roman Yarmarek of Benfica, who received a standing ovation at his team's game in Lisbon. Uh, soccer sending a very powerful. Powerful message to the Ukrainian players and their compatriots, you are not alone. And I thought it was a very nice touch over the weekend. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir.
11: two swimmers in Oakland University here. <clears throat> down here in southeastern Michigan, our Ukrainians there on their swimming team, and they're getting ready to go into c- c- competition and whatnot. One is a, a Horizon League record holder there. I forgot the name to put them in my pad there so I can write them down, but I'll have that ready for everybody on Wednesday here. Thumbs up to their swimming team, and also the Ukrainians who are, who need to, they said they need to be over there with their country fighting, but right now, they can do the best thing by getting the word out and with all their compatriots in the uh, NCAA and dealing with this particular uh, ordeal there. Uh, thumbs down to Mr. Ridley here for just being a bonehead.
1: Yeah, very uh, dumb move by Calvin Ridgley, an Alabama guy, Butch. That it pains me to say that, but uh, again, you got to know uh, the situation oh. at hand. Exactly, Butch Davis joining us on the game. A brand new edition of Butch on Sports will be on Wednesday and then over the weekend. Butch, as always, thank you for joining us tonight on this latest edition of the game. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition.
11: Really will. Next week is going to be a bummer. Dude. I mean, we're going to be talking about NCAA to it falls off your face. Yes, we will indeed.
1: Uh, for Butch Davis and our special guest, uh, the voice of Laker Hockey, Bill Crawford, my name is Scott Nason. Again, if you want to hear the two full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes or so on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Don't forget the Laker Hockey Show with Bill Crawford tomorrow at noon, right here on News Talk 14. We'll also have Sioux Eagles hockey tomorrow night from Polar Stadium as the Eagles resume their border battle against the Sioux Thunderbirds pregame show seven fifteen with yours truly and Rob Horn. That's going to do it for this Monday night edition of the game. We will talk to you next Monday night for our next edition here on News Talk 1400.
0: Thanks for listening to The Game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sues' only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.